The first modern Olympics were held in 1896 in Athens, Greece. In 1904, the first African-American man won an Olympic medal in track and field. 1928 saw the introduction of women's events into track and field, while 1936 saw the first time an African-American woman would have the chance to compete. But it wasn't until London in 1948 that we finally saw a black woman stand on the podium and earn a medal at the Olympic Games. That woman was Audrey Patterson. Audrey Patterson was born in Girttown, New Orleans, Louisiana in 1926. In the 20s and 30s, there were very few athletic opportunities for young girls, and even more specifically, young black girls. Despite the lack of access to any organized sports though, in elementary school, she started to develop a little bit of a passion simply for just running. Now, Patterson attended high school at Gilbert Academy in New Orleans, which originally was established as the Colored Orphans Home to take care of orphan black children during and after the Civil War. The school later became the premier school for black students in the 30s and early 40s. Unfortunately, the school closed in 1949 when the needs of the community began to shift and more public schools were available for black students in the city. So while in high school in the early 40s, Patterson had the opportunity to participate in track and field, further developing that passion she had for running, which she sparked up in elementary school, specifically for sprinting now. In 1944, Jesse Owens, the legendary four-time Olympic gold medalist from 1936, he actually came to speak at Gilbert Academy. At this assembly, Owens was encouraging students to follow their dreams despite the adversity they faced growing up black in the United States. Now, Patterson recalls him saying, there is a boy or girl in this audience who will go to the Olympics. Though Owens was speaking to the group of students, Patterson felt he was speaking directly to her as she was just 18 years old at the time and had only just started participating in any type of organized sports. That was a turning point for her and motivated her to one day be that girl who would compete at the Olympic Games. She later graduated from high school in 1947 and went on to attend Wiley College in Marshall, Texas, which was one of the first historically black schools to be recognized by the Association of Colleges and Secondary Schools. Now, while there, she competed for the track team and absolutely dominated. She would go undefeated in all of her competitions, most notably winning the 100-yard and 220-yard dashes at the Tuskegee Relays, which is the oldest black relay meet in the country. She ended her first season by winning the AAU indoor 220-yard dash at getting that national title. One day, though, Patterson suffered a ruptured appendix. Now, in the 1940s, getting treatment, especially as a black woman, was not easy at all. So things got bad really quickly, and it could have very likely threatened her life. Remember, she was attending Wiley College in Marshall, Texas at the time. And so she attempted to visit the closest hospital to get some treatment, but it just so happens that this hospital was for whites only. And so instead of providing service to a person who was suffering, they simply saw her as a black woman and refused to provide any treatment. Though Patterson thankfully recovered, this was a traumatic experience for her and she was committed to leaving and never returning to Texas just because of the way that she was treated. 
So with that, in 1948, she left Wiley College in Texas and was granted the opportunity to attend Tennessee State University in Nashville, having earned a scholarship based on both her academic and athletic excellence. At this point, Patterson had recovered from her ruptured appendix and was back in top form, again going undefeated in all of her races while at Tennessee State, including setting an American record of 26.4 seconds in the 220-yard dash. Now in 1948, with the London Olympic Games on the horizon, her dream of becoming an Olympian was closer than ever before. She had the chance to travel to Providence, Rhode Island to compete at the US Olympic trials and go for a spot on the Olympic team in both the 100 meters and 200 meters. Going into the trials, Patterson was arguably the most consistent sprinter in the country, having not only won the AAU indoor title, broken the outdoor 220-yard American record, but also having gone undefeated in all of her high school and college races over the past four years. The Associated Negro Press was doing coverage of the 1948 Olympic trials and noted that Patterson drew cheers and applause each time she would pass by the fan seating section. Initially though, things didn't go as smoothly as she would have liked at the trials. First, before the qualifying rounds of the 200 meters, Patterson accidentally burned her leg with an iron, partially injuring herself. Despite that, she came out and successfully won her first round heat. After though, she returned to the stadium and while changing in the dressing room, ended up getting locked in as someone seemed to have intentionally locked the room when she was inside there. As time passed, the next round of the 200 meters was really quickly approaching and Patterson began to cry because she was locked in this room, disappointed that her chance to make it to the Olympics may have just passed her by. Luckily, her coach ended up hearing her crying in the room and was able to unlock the door just in time for her to get ready for the next 200 meter race. And with the stroke of luck, Patterson went on to win the 200 meters, booking her place on the team to the Olympic Games in London later that year. Now in the 100 meters, she would end up in a photo finish with Mabel Walker, with Patterson ultimately taking second place to Walker. This would be the first time that Patterson had lost a race since 1944, but it solidified her spot on the Olympic team in that event as well. So of the 13 American women slated to compete at the London Olympic Games, nine of them were black women, of which Patterson was of course one. This was the first Olympic Games held since the end of World War II. Before that, the 1936 Olympics also had 13 American women compete, but included only one black woman, Tidy Pickett, the first African American woman to ever compete in the Olympics. So these nine ladies were building on the foundation set by Pickett just 12 years prior. So after traveling by ship from New York City, the team arrived in London ready to make an impact. First up was a 100 meter dash on July 31st where Patterson unfortunately missed out on qualifying for the next round by finishing third place in her heat. Despite the disappointment, she had a few days to regroup and get ready for her main event, the 200 meters. She was already living out her dream by being at the Olympics in itself so she just had to go out there and run. August 5th finally came, the day of the heats and the semifinals of the 200 meters. It was pouring rain in London, leaving the track soaking wet, but Patterson managed to win her heat, allowing her to advance to the semifinals just an hour and a half later. 
In the semifinals, she finished second place to Fanny Blinkers Cohen from the Netherlands, who essentially was the absolute favorite to win, having already won gold in the 100 meters and 80 meter hurdles at the games. But Patterson's second place was enough to qualify for the final the next day. In that final, just like the day before, it was rainy and soggy, but Patterson felt confident and ready to go. Now, Blinkers Cohen was in lane two and comfortably ran away from the field to win the gold medal by almost a full second. Audrey Williamson of Great Britain had finished in second place for silver. Third place, though, presented a little bit more drama. So Patterson had come up basically even with Shirley Strickland of Australia, both finishing in a time of 25.2 seconds. Third place would not immediately be called and both women would have to wait around for almost a full hour before it was determined who came out ahead. Eventually though, the officials announced that Patterson had finished in third place, earning her the bronze medal in the 200 meters and making her the first African-American woman to ever win an Olympic medal of any color. Patterson recalled that moment saying, when I learned that I had placed, it was the greatest feeling that you could possibly have. This is it, I thought. Never in my life could I feel so happy. Now, after the games, she returned to the United States and, along with the rest of the U.S. Olympic team, met with President Harry Truman for a reception at the White House. Unfortunately, though, Patterson didn't receive much recognition or appreciation for her accomplishment at the games, specifically back home in Louisiana. The local black community, though, did celebrate her. When she arrived at the airport in Louisiana at 4 a.m. in the morning, a few of her local friends and family welcomed her home. Her neighbors in Girttown honored her with a block party to celebrate. Some local white neighbors, though, didn't care to really acknowledge her at all, though. Now, at the time, a local newspaper mentioned her bronze medal win, but failed to even acknowledge that she was from the city of New Orleans, instead saying that she was from Tennessee. They were called out for it, though, by two other local newspapers, but that wasn't the end of it. Now, a celebration was later planned for her at Booker T. Washington High School, which had just opened six years prior as the first vocational high school and first public high school for blacks in uptown New Orleans. The mayor at the time, Chet Morrison, he had been invited to attend, but he chose to just completely skip the event. Instead, he apparently simply sent a certificate of merit along with a message saying Patterson was, quote, a credit to her race, whatever that's supposed to mean. But a parade for her had been suggested as well to happen sometime in downtown New Orleans, but it never came to fruition. Years later, Patterson looked back and noted, I felt I was getting the cold shoulder from New Orleans. I felt I'd done something for the city and it wasn't appreciated. I was bitterly disappointed. Despite the disappointment though, she continued running and a year later in 1949, proved she was no fluke. Winning multiple races across the country, the AAU named her the Women's Athlete of the Year for 1949. Now, just a year after that, in 1950, Patterson again faced blowback from her city. There were very few parks or tracks that were good enough quality to train on, but one of them was the running track in the city park. Unfortunately, the park was whites only, and Patterson was denied 
any access to the track. In a somewhat strange yet gracious move, Jim McCafferty, the coach at Loyola University, he had offered Patterson the opportunity to train at the track on their campus. I say strange yet gracious as this was still a time of segregation in the deep south of the United States. But just a few years after the Olympics though, Patterson was on the verge of retirement. Unlike today, track and field athletes have no way of making money, so Patterson set out to finish school and get a job after that. She went on to complete her education at Southern University in Baton Rouge and became a physical education teacher in Lutcher, Louisiana. Now in 1964, she moved with her husband out to San Diego, California, where she continued teaching into the 1980s. Just a year after moving to Southern California though, in 1965, she began the track club Mickey's Missiles. First only for girls, but later including boys as well. And Mickey was actually Patterson's nickname. Over the decades, she ended up coaching over 5,000 kids in her club, including two eventual Olympians. Now, in addition to her club, she also remained pretty involved in the sport of track and field. From 1969 to 1972, she managed the U.S. women's track team that competed in Europe and in the former Soviet Union. She also served in various leadership roles, which included becoming the first vice president of the AAU, the Amateur Athletic Union, the governor of the National Association of Negro Business and Professional Women, and also she founded the San Diego Martin Luther King Freedom Run in 1982. In 1978, 30 years after winning her Olympic medal, Patterson's home city of New Orleans finally provided some recognition, inducting her into the New Orleans Sports Hall of Fame. And in 2000, over 50 years after the Games, she was inducted into the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame. In 1996, at the age of 69, Patterson passed away at her home in California. Now, despite the lack of recognition from her city initially, Patterson was always living her life to represent and serve for those who didn't have the chance to achieve the things that she could. After her 1948 Olympic win, despite being snubbed and unrecognized by her city, Patterson had said, my greatest desire was to bring glory to my country and my community. So that's the story of Audrey Patterson, the first black woman to win an Olympic medal, living out her dream after being inspired by Jesse Owens during a high school assembly. So make sure you follow the podcast, check out Track and Field Black History on Instagram, and thanks for tuning in to Track and Field Black History.